Welcome to another in our series of Kehillat Israel podcasts. This is a recording of Rabbi Amy Bernstein's weekly Friday morning Torah study. Since we have a podcast of this class, I looked at the um, history of teaching this Parsha because I wanted to see what we've been studying over the last few years. Um, So I looked all the way back to 2013 and realized that we have not done Rachel and Leah. We've always done Jacob's dream in the first uh, triennial and then, you know, other stories that go in the other parts of the Parsha. But we're in the first third of every Parsha and we always start at Jacob's dream. So we're not starting there today. (laughs) All right. So we're going to look at chapter 29, verse 1. Jacob then moved on and headed for the land of the people of Kedah. He looked, and lo, a well in the field with three flocks of sheep lying at rest by it, because this was the well from which they watered the flocks. A good-sized rock lay on the mouth of the well. When all the flocks were gathered there, they, the shepherds, would roll the stone off the well's mouth and water the flocks. Then they would put the stone back in place over the well's mouth. Jacob said to them, My friends, where are you from? We are from Haran, they said. He said to them, Do you know Levan, son of Nahor? And they said, We do know him. Is he well? said he to them. He is well, said they. And there is his daughter, Rachel, coming with the flock. He said, Since the day is still young and not yet the time for rounding up the livestock, why don't you water the flock and then take them out to pasture? But they said, we can't do that until all the flocks are rounded up and they, the shepherds, roll the stone off the well's mouth. Then we will water the sheep. Okay. Let's stop there for a second. We got a lot going on. Believe it or not. All right. So, Yaakov, Vaisai Yaakov, Raglav, Vayelech, Artsa, Vnei So, Yaakov is resuming his journey. What journey is Yaakov on? Why is Yaakov journeying? Why is he not home? His flight. Hmm? Find a His flight. His flight. What is he fleeing? Esau's wrath. Esau. Right? Because what did Jacob do to Esau? He what? He stole his birthright. Right? And so he stole his birthright. That happened early. The last, what was the last thing he did? He stole the birthright with a bowl of stew. That happened a long time ago. What did he do recently? No, that's Joseph. You're getting ahead of us. He stole his father's deathbed blessing. How did he do that? He tricked his father, who was blind. We think. And he put skin on, he put goat skin on his arms to feel more hairy like Asaph. Um, and he tricks his father into giving him the blessing that makes him the big kahuna. Uh, and Asaph is left with kind of a eh, second rate blessing when he finds out. And he is murderous when he finds out. Um, Rivka hears that Asaph is intending to kill Yaakov for what he's done. And so she says, go to my family. You need to, he's got to go somewhere where, where he's got protection. Mm-hmm. 
You don't have protection in the ancient Near East. We keep talking about this, right? All the time. If you don't have family, if you don't have clan, if you don't have tribe, you are toast in the ancient Near East. So she's not going to say run. That doesn't help him, right? You're leaving one danger for another one. She says, go to my family. And so he has to take off fast. He takes off. He rests uh, in a place later named because of his encounter there, Beit El, right? Bethel. Um, This is where he has a vision of a ladder, right? Going from earth to heaven. And on the ladder are God's malachim, God's messengers going up and down, right? And now I can't help but think these days, of messengers going up and down on a ladder. I I can't help but think of a double helix. (laughs) And RNA, right? I I, I, Truly, like, it's striking to me now that, like, right, the the chemical messengers, the genetic messengers going up and down a double helix ladder. Like, so it's just, woof, love that. Um, (laughs) Love it when that happens. So, um, So that's what he sees. And he has a vision, and then he, he makes a promise at the end of chapter 28 that if God should protect him, we're not going to spend any time on that text, um, then he will come back and build uh, an altar to God. All right. 29. We're going to start at 20. We just started at 29. Yaakov resumes his journey after this vision, after this evening encounter stuff. Um, he's heading towards Vinay Kedem. And there before his eyes, what does he see? Verse 2? A well. Oh. Water. Oh. He's heading this way, and vayar, and he sees, vehine be'er, and behold, there's a well. Okay, these stories, if you know them well, they are so beautifully connected. What does this remind us of? Hagar. Hagar. Finding the well. She doesn't find the well. She lifts her eyes and vayar and she sees and behold, there's a well. Water is the time. She sees. We don't know anything about how long the well's been there. She sees and behold, there's a well. Wells are living waters. Wells are life. In the ancient world, wells are also where one meets one's intended. You gather around the well, and uh, as we're going to see in our story, often um, maidens uh, were watering right flocks. They were, they they carry the water for the family, right? They go collect water, and they bring so. So wells are a sign of life and life-giving stuff and fertility. Excuse me, did Moses have that same experience? I'm sorry? Moses. Ah, very nice, Reuben. You see? Mm-hmm. Moshe's going to have exactly the same experience. He's going to be at the well, and he's going to meet um, right, the daughters that of, of Yitro, and one of them, of course, is Tzipora, who will become his wife. So very good, Reuben. Gold star. <laughs> Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> All right. So, so he sees a well. So that already tells the biblical listener, okay, something about, like, so there's going to be something about 
a chick coming, right? Something, something about a girl. A hookup. A hookup. Exactly. A hookup is coming. Um, we know already it's a good omen, right? That, that there's a well is already a really good omen. It's okay. before Match.com. This is way before Match.com. But he is going to slide the rock. He's going to swipe it. Oh, never mind. All right. Three flocks of sheep were lying there beside it, for the flocks were watered from that well. So they're waiting to be watered. The stone on the mouth of the well was large. All right, so there's a stone covering the well, um, and that has to be moved, obviously, before you can get water out of it, but it's very large. When all the flocks were gathered there, the stone would be rolled from the mouth of the well. So they wait for all the sheep to arrive, then they remove the stone, and then water is drawn for the flocks. Um, and then the stone would be put back in its place on the mouth of the well. Yaakov said to them, hey guys, dudes, where are you from? And they said, we are from Haran. What's happening in Haran? What's Haran? Hmm? That's where the family is. That's where the family is. So they're from Haran. Oh, what a coincidence. <laughs> He said to them, do you know Lavan, right? Ben Nahor. So he's looking for his relative, who he's going to have to ask for sanctuary. Lavan. And they said, well, of course we know Lavan. (laughs) He continued, is he well? This is the polite way to speak to people, right? You ask, do you know him? Yes, we do. How is he? Um, And they answered, yes, he is. And... There is his daughter Rachel coming with the flock, right? So he's supposed to go to Haran, he's supposed to find Lavan and get sanctuary with Lavan. As we know from the story with Rivka, it is considered a good thing to marry into the clan. If one can, one should marry into the clan. So He's found people from Haran. He knows Lavan is alive and is doing well. And now he's going to meet the daughter of Lavan coming with the flock. Um, you need to know, because the Hebrew listener would know, Rachel in Hebrew, the most beautiful Hebrew name that, that there is. Um, Rachel. Does that just happen to be your Hebrew It just happens, yes, to be my Hebrew name. Um, and so Rachel uh, means female sheep. So she's coming with flocks, and her name means, right, female, young, fertile sheep. She's soft and fluffy. She's soft and fluffy. Okay. Do we know how old she is? We don't. We don't. We don't know how old she is. But she's she's a typical. She's of marriageable age. She's thirteen. Fourteen. People, I don't make this stuff up, okay? Like, she, this, is, this is how young they were promised and they were betrothed. First baby at 16. So, lifespan is short. Li- it's not even about lifespan. It's about you know, childhood and the minute your body could produce a child, you started the life of an adult, however long that life lasted. We know people lived well into their 80s, right? You had to escape disease and war and, you know, famine and accident and whatever, but they lived long lives if they escaped all that. All right, so she 
So she's coming and she is coming to the well. You can't, you can't load this scene with anything else that's going to say hookup, right? There's just, there's, I don't know what else you would add. Um, so he says, it is still broad daylight, too early to round up the animals, water the flock and take them to pasture. And they said, we can't until all the flocks are rounded up. And then the stone is rolled off the mouth of the well and we water the sheep. Dude. Get with the program. Like, you need to know how things work around here, Mr. Busybody, telling us how to, right, do our flocking business. Um, so while he's... Did we get to this? No. Okay, go ahead. While he was still talking with them, Rachel arrived with her father's sheep. She was a shepherd. When Jacob saw Rachel, daughter of Levon, his mother's brother, with his uncle Levon's flock, Jacob went over, rolled the stone off the well's mouth, and watered his uncle Levon's flock. Now Jacob kissed Rachel and began to cry in a loud voice. Jacob then told Rachel that he was her father's kinsman, that he was Rebecca's son, and she ran and told her father. Okay. All right, so here comes Rachel, like from doing her regular, usual shepherdessing, and comes down, new guy, right, is at the well. Um, we don't know anything about what Rachel sees or what she takes in of this scene. All we get is Yaakov's perspective. Yaakov knows that she's his cousin. So he goes and uh, I mean, he sees her. He rolls the stone off the mouth of the well and watered the flock of his uncle, Lavan. So here she comes. She's expecting to wait with everybody else at the well until all the flocks are gathered, till the stone is rolled off the well, and then everybody will wait their turn and get their water like they always do. This time she comes down, and the minute she arrives with her flock, new guy rolls the stone off the well and waters her flock. Tell me what this reminds you of. Moses. Moses. What else? Who did this? Rebecca. Rebecca. Rivka at the well. Do you remember the camels arrive? They're thirsty. She runs to water the flocks. People. We have to remember all of the things that tell us this is an appropriate, wonderful hero character. Right? To be a hero, you have to have compassion for animals. And you have to be ready to serve. And if you want to be a leader among our people, you need to first be a shepherd. Oh. <laughs> Why do you think that that psalm was written that way, Elena? <laughs> the Lord is my shepherd. Adonai is Roi, my shepherd, because shepherds take care of vulnerable creatures who otherwise would be torn apart by the fangs and the talons of the universe. They also guide them but don't control them. Okay, now we're getting really subtle. Okay. <laughs> so, all right. And so, also, and also, Jacob goes all superhero. And, and Jacob goes all superhero, right? That rock is not small. Right. There's a reason they're waiting, right? They could just move it if it were 
just a lid. It's a huge boulder that's on, think of a well. Think of how big the mouth of a well is. Something that's not going to fall in a well has to be at least as wide, if not wider, than the opening. It's a big rock. So Yaakov is strong like bull, right? So, so as was Rivka, remember? How do we know Rivka was strong? Because you have to draw the water, you put it on your head, you know, you, you carry it uh, maybe on your head, maybe on your shoulder, but it's, it's a big, heavy thing of water, and you carry that to where you need to, ca- and then you have to carry it back, fill it again. Carry- she does this for the entire fleet, of camels, I don't, I don't know, what do you call a bunch? A, cam- a herd? Okay. Uh, the caravan of camels. So she, she waters all of them. So we know from this that Rivka's very strong. Right? We are seeing the same exact thing. She, remember we talked about her? That it's not, she's called a na'ar. She's called, right, they call it a mistake in the Torah, that she's called a male youth. Na'ar, instead of na'ara. Mm-hmm. She should be a na'ara with a hay at the end, feminine. She's not. She's called na'ar. So in lots of in the commentators, we talked about this um, last year, but w- w- the commentators say that she's the new Abraham. The Rivka stories are actually hero tales, right, about the new Abraham. So Yaakov rolls the stone away, so he is, you know, Mr. Hero Guy. He's super strong, waters her flock, Right? So she has to be at this point a little confused. Right? Like, who is this guy? I don't know this guy. He's moving the rock. That's not how we do it around here. And why is he moving it? He doesn't seem to have any sheep with him. So she's, there are, you, it's got to take a while to move that rock. So you can imagine, like, right? Scratching her, like, they're all scratching their head. What is up with this guy? Does he have the right to move the rock? No. Right, there's just a lot going on here that we don't, you know, see in the text. So they're all sitting there scratching their heads, going, "What the heck is going on?" And then he draws water and waters her flock. So, and then he kisses her and breaks into tears. Okay, this 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 is not normal behavior, right? New guy taking over doing all kinds of stuff, controlling like uh, the, the public works, if you will, the public resources, the communal resources, watering her sheep without talking to her about it, and then kisses her and breaks into tears. She must think he is crazy. crazy. Nuts. She must think he's nuts. And she is a single female of marriageable mm-hmm. age. You do not approach a single female of marriageable age when you are a young man. (laughs) Right? This is pre-Me Too for sure. Um, You don't do that. It's just not done unless what? Unless she has a herd of camels. Unless unless you are serious. Yes, you must be serious. But the only way this would be acceptable is what? Family. If you're in the clan, if you're family, then this kind of behavior, well, I mean, still you'd have parameters, but that's the only circumstance you can imagine under which this would be okay. Yaakov, of course, knows their family. Rachel, of course, does not. 
So, so, so Yaakov now him. tells her. Kissing cousins. Exactly. Exactly. And why are they called kissing cousins? Because you don't kiss anybody else. Mm-hmm. Right? Except your cousins. For him, yes. For her, she doesn't know anything about anything, right? Right now. Huh? She does not smack him down. Well, we, we don't get an opportunity to hear anything about Rachel's response because, but, because right now what we get is Yaakov tells her he is his father's kinsman, that he's Rivka's son. And, he ran, and she ran and told her father. All right. So she runs Vateged um, uh, to tell her father who would a 14-year-old girl run and tell? Her mother. Her mother. Her mother. Where's her mother? We don't know. We don't know where her mother is. We don't see her mother. So she runs and tells uh, her father. On hearing the news of his sister's son, Yaakov, so this is Lavan, Yaakov is Lavan's nephew. Mm-hmm. So on hearing the arrival, right, that his, his nephew has arrived in town, Lavan ran to greet him. He embraced him and kissed him and took him into his house. This is proper behavior mm-hmm. to do for one's, you know, sibling's child who clearly, he's, it's not polite to ask right now, but clearly something's going on. Right? He didn't get a telegram saying, Yaakov's coming to visit. He's never seen Haran. Um, I hope that you will show him like, you know, the sights and take him to our favorite restaurant. He has, he has no, so something's going on that, that he just shows up. Yaakov just shows up. Um, so then, of course, Torah tells us that uh, he told Lavan all that had happened. And Lavan said to him, you are truly uh, my bone and flesh, meaning I I 100% acknowledge that you are kin. Mm-hmm. You are safe here. All right. Bert. So he stayed with him a whole month. Right? Go. Yeah, right. So he stayed with him a whole month. Lavan <laughs> then said to Yaakov, just because you are my kin, should you serve me for nothing? Tell me what you want to be paid. Now Lavan had two daughters. The elder was named Leah, and the younger was named Rachel. Leah's eyes were weak, but Rachel was beautiful of form and of face. Jacob was in love with Rachel, so he said, I will work for you seven years for your younger daughter, Rachel. More? Yeah. Lavan answered, I would rather give her to you than to any other man. Stay here with me. So Yaakov labored seven years for Rachel, yet in his love for her they seemed to him but a few days. Uh, Yaakov then said to Lavan, let me have my wife. I have filled my term. Now I want to make love to her. So Lavan invited all the people of the place and made a feast. In the evening, he took his daughter Leah and brought her to Yaakov, who made love to her. I'm just reading what it says here. He's like, look, people, I don't make this up. I'm just reading what it says. All right, go go ahead. Just stop interrupting. Go. And Lafon gave his maid Zilpha to his daughter Leah to be her maid. 
in the morning, look. <laughs> it was Leia. Da, 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 da. And, y- <laughs> and Yochav said to Levan, what have you done to me? Wasn't it for Rachel that I agreed to serve you? Why did you deceive me? We go further? Yeah. And Levan replied, this is not done in our region to give the younger before the firstborn. Fulfill the additional seven-year term, and that one too will be given you in exchange for the additional seven years of work that you will do for me. Yaakov did so. He fulfilled this additional term of seven years, whereupon Levan gave him his daughter Rachel as a wife. In addition? Yes. They did that. Okay. All right. Now do we understand, Jody? No. Okay. So... He, he immediately falls for Rachel, right? He sees her, and he immediately falls for her. And um, he stays, he hangs around Lavan's place for about a month. That means he's had time to be around Rachel for a month. Um, and apparently, it only gets deeper, right? Because, um, and so then Lavan approaches Yaakov, and says, all right, you know what? You may be my nephew and all, but nothing's free, buddy. Um, I'm going to pay you wages for the work that you do here. Um, If you are kin and you work on the estate, do you expect to be paid? No. You're part of the family. By Lavan offering to pay Yaakov, he is changing the nature of the relationship. He now is treating him like a hired laborer. An outsider. An outsider. So Lavan, so so this is what Lavan says. Tell me what, tell me what you want to earn. Like what's your what's your dollar per hour wage? And what does Yaakov say? Rachel. Rachel. One wife in seven years. I will work for Rachel. Uh, I would like to marry your daughter. I want permission to marry your younger daughter, Rachel. Uh, and um, and we are told by Torah, Rachel was shapely and beautiful. What is the idiom for Leah? So the translation is her eyes were weak. Yeah. Lazy well, we're not sure. We're not sure what it means. Um, we can go on and on you know, about what it might mean. Mm-hmm. She might have a lazy eye. She might not have attractive eyes. She might, you know, and remember, often in, in the ancient Near East, women were, right, so we often have a veil. Mm-hmm. You know, eyes were what you saw. Um, but, and so that she, she's clearly not. And, and in contrast to that, it says, and Rachel was shapely and beautiful, huh. right? Nothing about her eyes. And actually, it does not say shapely. She was beautiful of form. Yeah, and beautiful. beautiful Yeah, beautiful of form and beautiful of face. Is that what yifat means? Yafeh, beautiful. Yifat is uh, possessive. Beautiful of. There's a character in a, a TV show called Yifat. All right. So I will serve you seven years for your younger daughter, Rachel. Um, in the ancient Near East, if you want to marry somebody, you have to come up with the mohar. 
You have to come up with the bride price. Otherwise, you have no chance, right? You just have to marry someone else who's destitute. Lavan is a rich guy, right? He's not going to give his daughter to some schlepper who has nothing. After a month, he can kind of suss out what's going on. First of all, he's a refugee, you know, fugitive. He, he's got nothing and nowhere else to go. So, so he has no way to buy into marriage in this region, much less this wealthy family. Uh, and so he has to work. Instead of coming up with the mohar, coming up with the bride price, um, he works for seven years as the, the money, if you will. So he works seven years. They don't touch each other for seven years. They are around each other every single day, all day long. And he works for her day and night, and it seemed because of his love for her as if it were a few days. This is as romantic as Torah gets, people. Like this, is, Torah never talks emotions. Torah does not talk psychology, what people are thinking or feeling. That we know he loves her this much. This is like italics, bold, underlined, exclamation point, exclamation. Right. This is fantastic how he loves her. And so Jacob says to Levon, you know, he's ticking off the days, like Xing them off on the calendar. He gets to the last of the seven years, day 365 of year seven. And he says, give me my wife for my time is fulfilled. Right. And I want to come into her. So Lavan gathers all the people and makes a huge party. And when evening comes, he takes his daughter Leah and brings her to Yaakov's tent where he has sex with her. He's intimate with her. How could he not know it's not rape? Okay, hang on, people. <laughs> so, so when morning came, now this is, the, this is the omniscient narrator. This is not Jacob speaking. This is the omniscient narrator. Verse 25. And it came that it was morning. And behold, she was Leah. All right. So according to the omniscient narrator, Jacob does not know. Right? This is not Jacob going, oh my gosh, it's Leah. <laughs> right? This is, the, this is Torah talking. That means, from Torah's perspective, Yaakov doesn't know that he has lain with Leah. All right. So, of course, it must be that she is veiled. Yes, Jody. <laughs> Oh, is it really? Yeah. But he was such a trickster. Oh, like, really? Is that our lesson? Do you need something? Mm. Is it that late already? Okay, thank you. All right, so, so Jody's pointing out that maybe this is a little bit of what goes around, around comes around. Right? So this is obviously what Torah is doing here. Obviously, Torah is saying, you, Yaakov, got everything you got by tricking your blind father, unless you want to read it Bert's way, the Midrash, which Isaac maybe knew. Okay? So he, 
You got everything you have by tricking your old blind father and stealing from your brother. You are so in love with Rachel that seven years working for her was as two days. And now you're going to finally get to be with her. You're finally going to be intimate with her. You've been watching her for seven years. You finally get to be intimate with her. Oh. It was too blind. It was Leah. So he is blind. blind. To who it is. To who it is. He is blind to who it is. And because he's blind to who it is, he's now had seven years of labor stolen from him. Think about it. He stole. And so seven years of labor have been stolen because he didn't get at the end of it what he worked for. Like, so it's gone. It's worthless to him. He doesn't want to be married to Leah. So now what? Right? Now, he, now honey, this is the ancient Near East. He's stuck. He cohabited with her. She is now his wife. Period. Done. No, no conversation, no discussion. Right? She's his. All right? So talk to me a little bit about the conversation between Lavan and Leah. Uh, here's what you're going to do. All right. Who said that? Who said that? Rebecca. Right. People. Rebecca said to Yaakov, here's what you're going to do. You're going to dress in goatskin and go get Aesop's clothes and put them on so you smell like him, and you're going to steal from your father. Who's a blind man? So, who's a blind man? Lavan says, we can only imagine, to Leah, here's what you're going to do. You're going to get all veiled up, right? You're going to put on Rachel's perfume, <laughs> and, right? And you're going to... Her, you know, in whatever it is, you know, she smells like, and you're going to go, I'm making that part up, obviously, um, and you're going to go in there, and you're going to, he will be blind, it's going to be dark, you're covered up, he won't see you, he won't see you, and by doing so, we will have gained seven years of labor, and you get a husband. So she's complicit so, in all this. Well, so that was my next question. What does Leah say? Tell, tell me about Leah's conversation back to Levant. To. Huh? I have weak eyes. That's my only chance. I have weak eyes. It's my only shot. Mm-hmm. I'm not good looking. I'm not good looking. This is my only shot. Okay. Maybe she didn't like Rachel. Anyway, maybe they had some sibling rivalry. So if she didn't like her sister Rachel, <laughs> maybe, who was so beautiful, maybe this is her way. Look what I got. Look what I took. Yeah. Took from you, who is so shapely and beautiful. And he didn't even notice. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Bert, that's harsh. So, So the rabbis ask, wait a minute. Wait a minute. He's been waiting seven years. You think they did it like once for three minutes? Come on. He spent the whole night with her, and he only knows... Come morning that it's Leah? How could that be? Talk to me, people. But because he was probably drunk. He was drunk. 
Okay? He was so drunk, he didn't even know it wasn't Rachel in his bed. And Leah's eyes might have been weak, but her body might have been beautiful. That's right. <laughs> so Leah's eyes might have been weak, but maybe some other things were not so weak. <laughs> that is a fabulous interpretation. Maybe he did know it was Leah, and he figured it out. And thought to himself, well, two for one. No, it's not two for one. He didn't know he was going to be made to work another There's no reason for him to believe that he was going to get Rachel if he slept with Leah. No reason at all. But he worked seven years, so let him get something. Okay, so that is a dim view of of Yaakov. Okay, Mehmet. Being one of those males, yeah. Your hormones outweigh your intellect. Your yes. hormones sometimes outweigh your intellect. Yes. Could that be? Could that be? Okay, so love that. So Mehmet has this crazy idea that every now and then a man's hormones might overtake. So he, he was so wanting intimacy that it, he doesn't even care who it is. All right, y'all are y'all are on the same page. What do you think the rabbis say? What? She was GIB, good in bed. That's what Elena thinks. Elena thinks her eyes may be weak, but you know. Yes, Mehmet. The whole storytelling when Jacob goes to the well and sees Rachel, and then you know kisses her and all of that. It's all very, very quick storytelling, unless, unlike you know, in the previous chapters. I feel like somebody shortened that whole bit. Yes. Yes. Hundred percent. Very good observation, Mehmet. Yes. And also, likely, yes. This has been very much shortened. Yeah. And I also have a comment about the blindness of Isaac. I mean, Isaac was blind, and Jacob uh, gets is being tricked, tricked with him. Uh, with um, with a woman of weak eyes, that's also that can't be. It cannot be a coincidence. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Her eyes may be weak, but <laughs> but, but the, the blind tricking the blind, right? Her eyes may be literally weak. His just don't see, right? All right. So literary devices. So so tell so tell me tell me. We're going to get to a place where Rachel, do you remember we had the story of Rachel stealing the trophim, mm-hmm. stealing the idols from her father's house? Originally, we thought this might be a story about a priestess in the ancient Near East that gets turned into the patriarchal narrative that we have, right, by early Israel, who's turning patriarchal, right? If that's true, probably these stories about Rachel were much bigger stories about the, the heroine. Mm-hmm. And now... It, it becomes about Yaakov, the patriarch, and so it's truncated. Good observation. That it, probably there was a lot more about Rachel. This would have been a story about well, the matriarch, right? And right. Well, they could have they could have taken as long as they wanted to. Torah is always terse. Torah is always very terse, right? You're writing it on clay, <laughs> <laughs> right? You, you know, it was cuneiform. It was in clay. It's flipping heavy. Richard, is there any is there any significance to the fact that the sort of two of the most important manipulators 
are in the same family. It is Rebecca and What family are they in? <laughs> yeah. What family, Richard? Uh Nahor? Or, no. What family? Our family. Our family. Of course it's not a, this is our family, people. Like this is our story about who we are. Oh dear. Oh, we okay, are so, tricksters. Okay, so we, we, somebody else. Okay. Right? So yeah, so um, to, to put an exclamation yeah. point on your question, y- yes, it makes a difference that they're in the same family. They're our they're family. Us. They're, they're us. us. Torah is saying this is y'all. It's the Gentiles' dream come true. Well, maybe the Gentiles' observation, right? Like this, this, this is even who we understand ourselves to be from the beginning. All right. Right so, before this, right before this, didn't Yaakov? Okay, wait, 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 wait. What do the rabbis say? How did this happen? That he sleeps with Leah, he doesn't know till morning, he doesn't know it's not Rachel? What are the any ideas? The rabbis cannot have Leah hating Rachel and trying to get back at her. Because that can't happen. These are our matriarchs. <laughs> oh my god! Um, for the rabbis, there was code between Rachel and Yaakov. They had secret sexy words, and Rachel was under the marriage bed. Oh, oh my God! Making the noises and using the sex words that they're love words for each other, and she helped deceive Yaakov to protect the dignity of her older sister Leah. Wow, what a good sister! <laughs> what a great sister! Right? So, so, so if, but I find it, I find it interesting because I think in some ways it's a rather feminist interpretation of the story. That not only is Leah not, you know, she's not tricking anybody, right? Or they may be tricking. It's the two women tricking Yaakov to get what they and, want and Laban. and Lavan, right? So it's them working together, right? Nobody, they are not victims in the rabbi's midrashic, right, interpretation of the story. They are in cahoots. And so forever, it's kind of them and Yaakov, right? And, and so that they are kind of the unit. Um, anyway. So what does what say about Leah? I mean, she doesn't, what is it? She just doesn't know what to say during all of this. Maybe she's a little slow there. So, so we, <laughs> right? So, so we don't, we don't have any conversation from Torah about Leah's right reactions and responses. But if you don't read it that they're, if you don't read it that they're in cahoots, then you have to read this as tragic for the women. Yeah. You have to. Because yes. the only way she would agree to this is if she feels she has either no other options yeah. or she has to because her father will kill her. The patriarch has, remember, complete control of body, resources, everything of the clan. She could be put to death. She could be exiled. It's about honor. If he tells her to do something, he says you're going to marry him and you're, to, we're going to have to trick him to do it. Okay. 
in, in, in any way you read it, when Rachel hears that Yaakov has been with Leah, it has to be devastation. Because even though he's going to work another seven years for Rachel, think about what's just happened to her. What just happened to her? <laughs> if you don't read it that they're in cahoots, if she's not under the bed, what just happened to Rachel? She's been abandoned. She's stood up. She, no, it's worse. She has not She lost her partner forever. She will never have him. She will never be able to come home and say, honey, look what I've made for you. She, he already has a wife. But she lost her sister. She lost her sister as well. Rachel, this has to be devastation for Rachel, right? And, and actually, Rachel's story is a very, very sad story. Because we know she has Yosef. What happens with Yosef? Oh, right. So, but that's not even in her life. So she has Yosef, and she's not satisfied. Leah has all these kids. Rachel's not satisfied. She keeps pushing, 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 till she gets pregnant with Benjamin and dies having Benjamin. By the side of the road. By the side of the road. So her, her life, essentially, is over at this point. Which is the story the rabbis tell? The rabbis say she's in on it. She's under the bed making the noises, right? So, because they can't have that kind of horribleness happen between sisters, right? And they want to, right? They want to, they want to redeem the story. Um, but, but for for me, this is the moment Rachel's life is essentially over because ja- Yaakov is taken from her on some level, right? She'll never have him again without having to share him with. Leah. In the book of Deuteronomy, in the laws of Deuteronomy, marrying sisters is forbidden. Whoa. Oh. Verboten. So he could have a second wife. Not a he could have a second wife, but you cannot marry sisters. Right? And, and I truly believe this is one of the stories that sets up. Why? Sets up, right, why, that, def, that defends the position that it's just wrong to marry sisters. So, so this tragic story, right, is the one that they tell, right, to make it clear what can happen, right, when you marry sisters. Mehmet? On whose behalf does the Levant Act make decisions? It seems, according to Torah, because we're going to see what he does to Yaakov going forward, it seems Lavan is acting for himself. Mm-hmm. He's going to get another seven years. He gets 14 years of Yaakov's labor. And, and Yaakov is a producer. He produces. So he's valuable. He's very valuable to Lavan. And then Lavan sets it up to try to make more profit off of Yaakov. Remember, I'll give you the speckled and spotted ones. And then Yaakov comes up with an aphrodisiac so that they do it a lot. And so he gets a lot of flocks. So he doesn't act on, based on divine justice. <laughs> George, you're looking very concerned. <laughs> we hear the, the love of Jacob. You don't hear the love of Rachel for Jacob. I didn't see, I didn't hear it. No, you, it's a very good point. It's a very good observation. We do not hear that Rachel loves Yaakov. We hear that Yaakov loves Rachel. 
Absolutely. Maybe okay with her. So maybe not that it's okay with her, but I think to George's point, maybe she's kind of neutral, right, about it. Um, but it's it. I don't know. It just kind of seems, you know, that that there's something going on. I find it hard to believe. Like seven years seemed like two days for him because of his love for her, and he's been around her for seven years, and. If she doesn't return the interest, I find it hard to believe Torah would describe the seven. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it's. I, I, I'm not trying to defend it. I'm just saying. Yaakov becomes some kind of a nitwit. I mean, here he is. He's been trusted by, by his family. And he's going to hang around for another seven years. <laughs> yeah, right. What's with him? He loves her so much. Oh, please. <laughs> please. Hormones are not. Wow. Thank you. So you married a guy who doesn't believe it's possible for him to love her so much that 14 years was nothing to him. That's the guy you married. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. Huh? He's going to be careful the second time. Oh, 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 oh. Thank you for saying that. He's going to be careful the second time around at a Jewish wedding. The bride is veiled yes. until under the chuppah, what happens? They take it off so he knows who he's married. Yeah, they say, yes, she's still to make sure. <laughs> From here, you check. Good idea. <laughs> I'm sorry? No. No, but it, but it's not the bed that talks, it's Rachel. Right, Rachel's under the bed, uh, according to the rabbis. We were here all, uh, we don't hear what happens to Jacob going forward in terms of his loss for, uh, we, haven't, we haven't talked about how Jacob felt after all of this. It just says that he married Rachel, I mean Leah, and then Correct. two children, and however many. Correct. Yeah, correct. All right, so we said that, that every other year that we have studied this, yes? I just had one other thought. They, they said Rachel was very young. Maybe she was so young that she really wasn't ready to be married. Maybe she was just as happy to... But he gets her in a week. <laughs> what? Yeah. He gets her in a week. The Leah's week of festivities ends, mm-hmm. and Rachel is given to Yaakov, and then he works another seven years. Oh. 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 No, no. He he gets her after a week. The the bride is feted for a week. Remember with Rivka, let her stay for her week of being yeah, feted, yeah. and then go. Oh, I don't think so. What? No, what? No, it's right here. Twenty nine. Uh Jacob did so. He fulfilled this additional term of seven years, whereupon yeah. Laban gave him his daughter Rachel as a wife. Uh oh. Let. Wait until the bridal week of this one is over, and we will give you that one too, provided you serve me another seven years. So, read it twenty-eight. Yeah, no, I know, I know. So I would have to check to see if she is given to him, but isn't legally his wife until 
seven years. I don't know. I have to. I have to check oh, why there's. It looks like there's a. Uh, yeah, like, it looks like there's a contradiction. God forbid. <laughs> okay, this bit about the rabbi said that Rachel was under the bed making the noises and all that stuff. Yes, that makes women very, very. It makes them look bad. How? Oh, well, they trick. They trick you into these things. And that's bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm Levon, not being sarcastic. Levon was a trickster, also. Is that bad? Right. Not all the time, right? So, I'm, right. I'm not sure the rabbis always see that as bad, but yeah. Well, is there not another angle to this story, namely that that Leah was very fertile actually and, and had a lot of children, and Raquel did not. Was that? Was not. Pardon me. She was not fertile. Well, the fact is, Leah had uh, Jacob had a lot of children by Leah. Right. Only one by uh, Raquel. Two. Well, two, two. Sorry, excuse me. Two. So, was that part of the rationale for this this whole thing being being a, a magical situation? That that he, he he ends up with two wives, one of whom gives him a lot of children, and the other. I think a it's the tragedy of Rachel, right? Um, but but b I think you know that in in the world of Torah in the ancient Near East, this is Leah's reward for being unloved. She's not loved by Jacob, right? And you know we get lots of laws about the loved wife and the unloved wife, and you, you're not allowed to do right. So but God smiled on her. God favored Leah with yes with sons. Um, all right. So I said that usually we study Yaakov's ladder, right? So we study that there's a dream incubation. Yaakov lies down, puts his head on a rock. Even in the ancient world, you don't sleep on a rock, right? They might have been a little different from us. They weren't dumb, right? And they weren't that different. Um, it would not have been comfortable for them. So he sleeps on a rock in order to incubate a dream, say, right, some scholars. And he has this vision, right, of the ladder going up and down and then the messengers of yud going up and down. So lots of these stories have inspired lots of different uh, creative uh, interpretations, and I want to show you one. This beautiful interpretation of the dream of Yaakov. You can see that he's laying on the stones, right? And how do you represent angels? Well, like eh, wings, I suppose, right? What, how would you do that? Um, if you're a serious artist and don't want to make anything trite out of this and you don't want it to be kitsch, how do you draw angels going up and down the ladders? By the way, angels don't have wings in Torah. So how do you know there ain't, right? So the artist took, took letters. What are the letters? Yud, hey, vav, hey. So columns of the name Yud, hey, vav, hey in this kind of gold light paint. And they're, they're up and down the ladder. Yes? Just to your point about DNA. Yeah, there are four letters. There are four things. Oh, there are four letters in four DNA. Letters in oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right. So, so. I don't know if you know, you know the artist who did this. Who is it? Elena Allen. Oh. <laughs> uh, you all must know that the idea of the UK buffet came from a, a sermon lecture by our rabbi. Uh, she gave me that. 
So, um, so truly, I love it when Torah study inspires us, right, in all kinds of creative ways. Um, this is unbelievably beautiful, unbelievably um, inspiring, and um, I'm so proud that, uh, that we have the kind of study, right, that leads to, to this kind of amazingness. Yes. Shabbat shalom. You've been listening to Rabbi Amy Bernstein's Friday morning Torah study from Kehillat Israel in Pacific Palisades, California. For more information, go to our website, www.ourki.org.